From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Talking about issues and coming up with solutions. Dean Mackin on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Oh, we're almost there. It's almost the weekend and we've certainly got you through. We've kept you up to date with what's happening with Julian Assange's nobody else around the world really has done, certainly not to the extent that we have here at TNT. And thank you to all of you who have tuned in and many of you literally not leaving your TV or your iPad or however it is that you happen to be watching or, of course, listening to us here at TNT. And uh, I'll play you shortly, not quite yet. Um, We've got some terrific footage of Stella Assange on stage. I'll tell you a couple of things and then we'll get to that. Um, Now, uh, we're going to be talking to Gemma Cooper very, very soon. Uh, Muad Ali is going to be talking um, to us a little bit later in the program. He is part of the free Palestine movement uh, based down in Melbourne, and I'll be very interested to have a chat with him, Benjamin Netanyahu. A lot of you I know who sided with Israel, um, a few of you dropping off, a few of you uh, looking into it a little bit further and not so much on one side. I'm not particularly on either side of that equation, as I've said, but a, a massively disproportionate response. And of course, if you're going to go after Hamas, go after Hamas, go after the terrorists. The last time I checked, there weren't too many females or children in Hamas who were running around and being part of what happened uh, last year. So I, I just think that is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the two part, uh, the two state solution, absolutely off the table. And I dare say that's what Netanyahu wanted all along. And it really does play into his narrative. And of course, he knows he won't get uh, re-elected. And at the end of this, he'll be out. But just like everybody who does a job that others in the country high up want you to do, um, there's always that terrific job that awaits you on the other side of politics. Is there not? But we'll find out. We'll talk to Muad Ali about that later. Also, Jeremy Beck, We'll be having a chat with him about a bunch of things that are going on at the moment. Um, I do, just quickly, I just want to tell you this before we get to this quick video clip. Um, a cyclist, you know, and when we say cyclist, people are really getting fed up. And who are we talking about? Not the regular bike guys, although they can be a little bit um, uh, pedantic. They can be sitting there. They think they own the road. They don't pay any red Joe. And that whole thing where in most states now you've got to go one and a half metres around them, uh, you know, even if it means crossing a double yellow line to steer clear of them. They tend to uh, utilise that and not give you any room when they could go a metre and a half left, but they don't do that. But the ones we're really talking about are these Uber Eats and these other, um, you know, delivery drivers, Deliveroo, I think they're gone actually, Deliveroo. Um, But you know the ones I mean, there are plenty of them and they're just all over the shop. And if you go to a suburb like Bondi, if you go to a suburb like Newtown, it is an absolute mess. These guys have no respect for the law, for traffic rules. I mean, I had about four of them cut out in front of me and how I didn't hit them is uh, anybody's guess. And I'm, I did pretty well to miss one of them the other day in particular. They just don't care. They don't look. And they're also illegal, most of them. Yes, what most people don't understand about these pedal e-bikes, whilst they are legal in most states of Australia, in, in New South Wales in particular, they are only legal up to about 250 watts. And I've seen some of them 1.5 kilowatts. There are others you can buy for about 12 grand that are literally 10 times that can do a wheelie as well as any motorbike sustained for a couple of kilometers and just have so much torque. It's unbelievable. So needless to say, a couple of people were very, in fact, many people were very excited when one of these uh, characters got fined, not once, but twice at the same time, uh, totaling $1,544, posting those photos 
onto social media expecting sympathy and it just went the other way. People are absolutely fed up with these guys. And, uh, you know, I mean, these things can go, some of them, and I mean, I'm not going to be a hypocrite and lie. I have one of those bikes. It's 1.5 kilowatts. It will go 70, 75 kilometers without even pedaling. Your pedal, it'll go even quicker. And um, a lot of these characters, you know, they, they just don't care. I haven't ridden mine for a year and a half, so if that makes you feel any better. But, yeah, I mean, there are lots of them out there, and they are very, very powerful, and you'll see them going past cars most time. So for those of you who don't like those guys and you like to see them find, well, now that that's happened once and uh, the public seem to be on side with it, expect to see a lot more of those. So I hope you're doing a lot of uh, deliveries, some of you Uber Eats characters, because it's really going to cost you quite a bit. I'm going to play you some video, some terrific video of uh, Stella Assange on stage uh, addressing the crowd over in the UK. We'll play that for you right now. How pathetic the US case is. They have to rely on lies. And then the prosecutors say, don't question these lies because that would offend our ally. 14 years on, all they can do is repeat the lies from the very first Pentagon conference, press conference talking points sheet. What they're trying to argue is that state secrets trump revealing state crimes. This is the balance they're trying to shift. They want impunity, they don't want to be uh, scrutinized, and journalism stands in the way. And in that courtroom, they are having to make their position increasingly clear. They have to admit that what they're doing is criminalizing journalism is criminalizing the truth. They are liars, they are criminals, and they are persecuting the journalists who expose them. Julian is a truth teller, he is a political prisoner, and the world is watching these courts and how they deal with this case. Please be here and come and march to Downing Street after uh, the proceedings are over this afternoon. And that's Stella Assange. Liars, criminals, that is exactly what they are. Persecuting the journalists, the very, very few who do indeed advocate for the truth. There aren't that many. They've got most of them well and truly in their pocket. Either that or they're just so stupid, which reminds me, I mean, you see so many of the mainstream journalists at the moment quoting that Daily Telegraph article uh, linking, oh, wow, what a shock, you know, the COVID vaccine to brain and heart issues. And some of these people, many of whom I remember because I used to, used to tune into them, advocating you go get the jab, advocating that it was safe and effective and, and calling anybody who suggested otherwise some sort of tin foil hat wearing conspiracy theorist. And there they are today, like almost as if they say, I told you so. Wow. And I've been trolling them. I've been trolling some big names on social media, calling them out and saying, didn't you say this? And weren't you the one who, and I've enjoyed that over the last couple of, uh, well, about a day 
and I've had a couple of good posts. I won't get a response to them. And the uh, goal wasn't to get a response out of those individuals. It was simply to shine a light on those people who people are still looking to for commentary as if it is accurate. If you got that wrong, you pretty much could get anything wrong because that was the most obvious con job of all time. Now, when I advocate for truth and I need to hear about it and what's breaking, I, there's only one person I can turn to, and that is the wonderful Gemma Cooper. Hey, Gemma, how are you going? Uh, very well, thank you, Dean. And very, very rousing words there from Stella Assange outside the Royal Courts of Justice. And of course, TNT were outside the Royal Courts of Justice for the last 48 hours, covering every aspect of this case. And much like we thought, you know, Assange won't hear till next month. At the earliest, the judges have gone away to consider all points of law and the waiting continues. I mean, I think I think she deserves a shout out. You know, I did mention her yesterday during my numerous reports in and out of the various UK hosts here on TNT. I was coming in with news updates and I just thought, you know, she has endured all of this with him. Uh, and she has campaigned. She's a she's a human rights lawyer herself, so she understands exactly what's at stake here. Um, and and she's just been so strong, and you know, encouraging everybody to march with her to Downing Street yesterday. That's got echoes of the freedom rallies of the last four years. You know, marching through London. I remember it well. And I would wager there were people at the Royal Courts of Justice yesterday that were on the freedom rallies of 2020 to 2021, 2022. And um, because it's the same principle, isn't it? It's the mainstream trying to control a narrative, which is clearly clearly in this instance, uh, you know, skewed. And that's a very polite way of putting it. Um, but people are obviously, you know, they're caught up. People have caught up over the last four years about the the lies that, that globalists and the state, the deep state will say uh, to cover up the truth. Um, but this is a very interesting time to be alive where the truth is coming out. Um, but there's a waiting game to be played. And even if they rule against him, he can appeal to the European Court of Human Rights, as we know. But there are fears that uh, he could just be bundled onto a plane and back to the US because, of course, the extradition order was signed by Priti Patel when she was Home Secretary. So the deal is done in that way. Um, but it's the waiting, isn't it? And sometimes with anything in life, waiting is worse than knowing, you know, because it's draining. It's draining for all, you know, and Stella as well. And she's got two kids. They've got two kids. So, uh, yeah, I feel for her. I do. I think she's behaved sterlingly of all this. It would have been so easy to go to pieces, wouldn't it, and play the, the hysterical wife and cry. But she's she stood up. She's raised to the challenge and she's done really well, I think. Yeah, no, she's a very, very strong woman. Uh, wouldn't it be nice if we could just settle this on uh, the right way, that it feels right, it's the right thing to do? Of course, that you, as you uh, suggested, they're going to use points of law, but as we've seen in America recently, when it comes to Donald Trump and the the, the witch hunt, that, he, that he's a massive part of points of law straight out the window. And I'm hoping that isn't going to be the case in this particular. Um, let's hope that the UK does it a little bit more fair income than what they're doing it over in the US at the moment, because, um, yeah, it's just starting to get beyond the joke. Well, I mean, it, it, we don't know that there's a lot of talk about the judges, one of the judges in particular having a conflict of interest and, you know, establishment ties. I mean, all judges have establishment ties. You don't get to be <laughs> a high court judge without, you know, you have to know the right people and have gone to the right school. So I would, I would argue that most of the judiciary uh, have establishment ties, um, but it will be the finer points of law of, you know, they're, they're really, I mean, we've, we've covered this extensively on TNT over the last 48 hours, but the point of law is, you know, if it's a criminal offence, the, the, the kind of bit of extradition treaty that says, you know, if it's politically motivated, they want to get him back. No, that that doesn't work. That doesn't wash under the agreement between America and, and the UK. If it's a criminal offence, which is what they really went for yesterday, the American lawyers, is this criminal what he's done there saying criminal, uh, then he can be extradited. And that's what they will will, will look at uh, and, and will get a verdict. I mean, well, you know, we're nearly in March, so maybe a couple of weeks. That's optimistic, I think. I think it will probably be longer than that. Uh, but in the meantime, the waiting game and he couldn't appear in court. He was too unwell. But 
both days, um, physically and mentally. And I think as well, him not appearing was quite strategic because I think his appearance is likely to be so vastly different to the images we're used to seeing of him. Um, uh, you know, and it's well known that his mental health is suffering. Um, that it, maybe that would have detracted from the from the actual case, and people would have focused on that. So maybe that could have been a, a, a kind of contributory factor. So the waiting continues. The waiting continues, and uh, we'll have to see here on TNT how we're covering the story in a few weeks' time. Yeah, and of course, Julian not being able to attend in person because of his poor health, and I imagine just how the last couple of days would be weighing on that. Yes, yes, absolutely, exactly. It's the draining factor of the waiting game. Um, but the, you know, it's the hearing, the hearing as to whether he can appeal is now finished. Now we're waiting to see if there will be another hearing or whether we, you know, because if they grant in his favour then there will have to be another hearing. So the, it will just keep going on and on and on. Um, and, and the, you know, the precarious nature of his mental and physical health has already been widely documented by Stella and by his lawyer. So let's hope that the worst case scenario doesn't happen. We don't want to see somebody uh, dying in prison, do we? No, well, because as you said, this could go on and on forever. And literally that would be as bad as the worst outcome. Uh, obviously, you know, somebody else uh, recently receiving, what was it, 15 years, a couple of decades for a sentence uh, that was kind of a bit of a precedent and uh, certainly uh, putting Julian Assange on alert, if you will, or certainly on notice, I should say. Um, again, I'm just going to hope that he doesn't get extradited because there's no way he's going to get a fair hearing over in the States. No, absolutely not. No, um, I did have another uh, breaking story. Well, it's kind of an update for you today, Dean. Because yeah. do you remember you asked, you did ask me um, uh, a few days ago, I think it was, or last week, about the the acid attack we had here. Oh, the, the guy UK. who who I thought was hiding out with some like minded people. Was that the case? Yes, that was the case. The, the man who threw a corrosive substance on a, on a woman's face and in front of her two children, it was, he was in a relationship with the woman. It subsequently emerged. Well, the police have actually found a body in the River Thames this week. There was a huge nationwide manhunt for this man. He was from Afghanistan. He was granted asylum here very controversially after converting to Christianity. That caused a huge scandal. But the police manhunt went on for a, quite a few days. The response from the public was overwhelming. The police were inundated with people trying to help. They offered a £20,000 reward, uh, but they have confirmed that the body that has been pulled out of the River Thames, given the clothes that the body has got on, um, they do facial recognition uh, because it's been in the river too long, but the clothes he's wearing match uh, the last sighting on CCTV of Abdul Zeki um, after he fled the scene after the corrosive substance was thrown onto the woman's face. The poor woman herself is still in hospital. She has lost the sight in one of her eyes, her left eye, I think. Her family and friends are rallying around. They say she's one of the most strongest and independent women they know, but she does have a very, very long road ahead of her in terms of her mental and physical recovery. But of course, the controversy came because he was refused asylum twice after being convicted of sex attacks here in the UK. Uh, and, and then he was granted asylum after converting, in inverted commas, into Christianity, which means he couldn't be sent back to Afghanistan because of persecution. And, and of course, this subsequent manhunt and the police time that's been spent looking for him, it's all the cost to the taxpayer for somebody wow. that you could argue should never have been here in the first place. Um, you know, two two counts of asylum rejected until he converted to Christianity, which many are saying is, is a gravy train. Uh, and that's caused oh, a scandal. Uh, it's, it's a yeah, scam. Yeah. 
It's a total scam. The other one that they're, they're doing is uh, pretending that one of their friends is their lover and they are now gay and therefore can't return to their country of origin because, again, they'll be persecuted. And you're getting that a lot. And once you know uh, a particular story, a narrative works, they're just going to continue to peddle that. And it's very difficult to prove that that is not the case. You can't see inside somebody's mind or their heart, you know. So um, that one's just going to keep getting swallowed, I, I guess. And the, the judge is looking for any excuse these days to uh, allow uh, some violent criminals to stay in countries and acid attacks. Um, I, I would love to say that is very rare. It's certainly very rare here in Australia, but I keep reading about it happening in the UK far too often. Yeah. Uh, and of course, yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, it, it, it is a, a, a definite cultural chasm between, you know, what, what we consider acceptable in other cultures, the way they treat some of their women, the way they uh, behave. You know, it's not something that is is an acceptable thing in any culture, but yeah, it is happening with increasing regularity. But the case is now effectively closed in that way. There's nobody to prosecute. They have found the body. But as I say, this whole thing has cost the taxpayer extensive thousands, if not hundreds of thousands in terms of police time for this manhunt for somebody that you will argue shouldn't have been here in the first instance. Yeah. I mean, if there's one thing I can never uh, abide by it's, you know, attacking innocent women. And of course, children is just as a parent, something that, you know, touches your soul. It absolutely destroys you. And therefore, uh, after I finish talking to you, Gemma, my next guest, we're going to be talking about the Free Palestine Movement and just that disproportionate attack that happened over there. It's just absolutely horrific. And the, the death toll just goes up and up. All right, Gemma Cooper, I thank you very, very much. You'll be back with uh, Sonia Fulton next hour, I would imagine. That's right. Okay, everyone, uh, that's Gemma Cooper. Uh, we'll be chatting with her tomorrow here on this program. Thank you, Jim. And uh, coming up after the break, I'm going to talk to Muyad Ali. He is the organiser organizer for the Free Palestine Movement down in Melbourne, and we'll be having a good old chat right after this. TNT's Steve Malsberg. I've said that she is a selfish witch and that she's abusing her elderly husband so she could remain First Lady. I've been saying that for a long time, that she ought to be ashamed of herself but she's not. She played second fiddle to Michelle Obama for eight friggin' years. Yep. Michelle Obama hated the place, could yep. not wait to leave the White House mm -hmm. so she could go make millions writing books and selling non-existent shows on Netflix, Yes, which is fine. And that's Good what racket. you do post-presidency. Yeah. Jill Biden could not wait to live in the White House and now she does not want to leave. Yeah. I could not agree with her more. I've been saying this over and over and over again. Steve Malzberg on today's News Talk TNT. TNT is an independent global news talk station that does what others only say they do. TNT is a live radio and TV broadcaster that simply tells the truth 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No one in the world does what we do. Crisscrossing the globe, providing credible news and opinion all day and all night. In two and a half years, TNT has become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff. It's a critical time, and we must continue to call out the misinformation and propaganda from mainstream media and their powerful sponsors. We're now appealing to our many friends and supporters around the world to go to TNTradio.live and make a small donation to TNT while we seek the right investors to continue our important mission. TNTradio.live Online. Online. Online streaming. Be a part of the conversation. I stream it all at work and I stream it to my phone and listen to it wherever I go. TNT. 
And welcome back to the program. Moyed Ali is my next guest. He is the organiser for the Free Palestine Movement down in Melbourne. And I've just been mortified, absolutely mortified at these relentless attacks, completely and utterly disproportionate. If you want to go after a terrorist group, get in there, put some boots on the ground, go in, spot the terrorists, do what you have to do, be a man, fight like a man, Israel. Don't go after women and children and blow up buildings in city cities. It is horrific. And um, you're really, really just showing people, you know, who, who you are, your very soul um, over there in Israel. And I'm just absolutely mortified. And it's just getting worse and worse. Uh, Moyad Ali, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dean. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. I, I, I couldn't have believed this attack would happen uh, at a time in 2024 with social media, with, uh, you know, the world media watching, everybody watching. And this is something that is absolutely, it's not political at all from our perspective, what we're observing. I've seen conservatives split down the middle. I've seen left-wing people, almost all of us swapping sides, as it were. And at the end of the day, it's pretty simple. A bunch of kids and, and women got attacked. That's dreadful. It's horrible. It was by a terrorist group. But you don't go in there and attack civilian women and children as a response to that. There is absolutely no, no. Un How do you get away with this on the world stage? Yet they're continuing to do it. Uh, it's absolutely catastrophic situation at the moment in the in, in, in Gaza and in the West Bank as well. We as Palestinian com community in, um, in Australia and everywhere in the world, we are very, very concerned about the latest um, military um, attack on Rafah and Khan Yunis. It's actually going to bring the um, Palestinian in Gaza to another Nakba that we witnessed in 1948 with um, a witness of the whole world and with complete silence and, and impunity from superpowers who actually giving weapons and giving military equipment and military advice to an apartheid state, to an occupation according to, to the international law. And there is um, no way it's acceptable in 2024, as you said before. We are now uh, uh, in, 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 the, in the world, we can see, uh, I mean, the whole world is a small village because of the, the sort of communication yeah. we have and the sort of, um, you know, uh, advanced technology. But still, the world actually closed the eyes and turned the face away from Gaza and away th from the Palestinian cause, not just now, but since long, long time. And because of that impunity, because of that silence, we are there, we are here now. Right, we'll get back to Israel in a second. A couple of other things. Australia, um, not doing nearly enough. There's aid going over there. There are people literally dying every day. They're not getting enough food. They're not getting enough water. Uh, and this stuff is being stopped. It is being tied up with red tape. The Australian government not doing nearly enough to make sure that that aid gets to where it needs to go. And the other group I've, I'm really upset with at the moment, uh, at the moment is Egypt who are not allowing these people in. You know, they may not want to take them in permanently, fair enough, but allow them in, give, some, give them some shelter, some food, allow them to cross that border into Egypt. You, know, you would think as, as fellow Arabs that they would do that, wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, look, uh, Egypt as a country, as a political um, regime, actually threatened by the Israelis, threatened by the American as well. If you allow aid without uh, the Israeli 
agreement go into Gaza, you will be actually sanctioned. That's very, it's a very clear message to the Egyptian regime, not now, not only to the Sisi regime, but even to the Morsi regime before and to Mubarak regime as well. It's been going on since about 20 years, that sanction on Gaza uh, uh, enforced not only by Israel, but by the help of the Egyptian and with the threat by, from Israel and uh, the American as well. So we understand why Egypt take this position. We're not actually, uh, you know, surprised by that. But at the same time, we know that the Egyptian people are with us. The Egyptian people are supporting the Palestinian oh, brothers and yeah. their brothers and sisters. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But the other thing, I mean, that it would be as simple as doing something like back when the Titanic was going down. Women and children first on the lifeboats. Let the women, let the young children across the border. You can work out which men are in Hamas and which ones aren't later on. But at least let the women and, and children get across the border and get some food. I mean, it's simple as that. Uh, I don't think any government could argue that. And that would be how easy it would be to look after at least, you know, probably two thirds of the people that need help at the moment. Yeah. Look, uh, the problem is with the Palestinian. I'm, I'm a Palestinian, as you know, and we have a problem with actually leaving Palestine, leaving historical Palestine, because if we leave historical Palestine, Israel will do whatever in their power, whatever they can to actually not le le letting the yeah. Palestinian come back again. And that happened in 1948. It's And it happened in, in 19. Uh, 67, and it will happen one more time because that what Israel want actually to ethnically cleanse the Palestinian from Palestine and take the land. It's it's horrific, you know. Some of the stuff that I'm seeing, uh, the people who are attacking, you know, the, the Hamas, well, not Hamas, the Palestinians, uh, you know, showing videos where they were throwing some gay people off roofs, and they, that, and you know, some of these uh, very hardcore right-wing extremists, you know, if you will, and using a video, a very small video, to try and get people to advocate for Israel. And that completely backfired on them uh, with people making statements such as, well, A, there are no buildings to throw people off. And I'm not saying that like tongue-in-cheek. I mean, that's what, literally what they were saying. And, and also, um, you know, in that rubble that you are referencing, there are children now, and it's just completely backfiring. Everything that this pro-Israel movement is advocating for is backfiring firing on them. At the end of the day, we want a good outcome here. As a Palestinian, it must be absolutely just horrific for you to, to sit here. I know you're doing everything you possibly can, but just to observe that and to watch those. And for those who haven't done it, I urge you to get onto YouTube and watch, um, you know, the before and after footage of the city, because you just can't believe the scope and the scale of what's happened. It was completely indiscriminate. Look, I lived in Iraq before. I lived in different uh, uh, Arab countries, and I witnessed many, many wars in my life, from the Iranian-Iraqi war up to the Iraqi uh, uh, 2000 and, uh, 2004 war, and until now. And uh, I never seen a war like this. A war means you actually target the government institution, cut the military uh, supply, target army or target like, you know, uh, anything but not civilian uh, infrastructure and not hospitals and not go to uh, a residential building and get people out naked and uh, humiliate them in front of their kids and women 
and they try actually to investigate with them under harsher circumstances to get some information. This what is Israel that we know since very long time. Now it's exposed itself to the world. We know Israel is like that. I come from a village in 48 called Tantura, and that village been massacred in 48, and people asked to dig their own grave and being killed and buried there. So we know what Israel is. It's actually a terrorist, terrorist state that actually given legitimacy to become to become a normal state, but it cannot behave as a normal state because it's being built as a terrorist organization and a, a terrorist entity that actually interested in killing people and expand in the in the Arab region. I've got a bunch more questions to ask you. We're with Moyed Ali. He's one of the organisers for the Free Palestine Movement based down in Melbourne. And we're going to get back to Moyed right after this break here at TNT. What brings you here? News. News entirely. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Julian Assange's extradition hearing wrapped up in London on Wednesday, but the judges in the case are yet to make their decision, with a ruling not expected until at least mid-March. Leading US presidential candidate Donald Trump has once again voiced his opposition to sending more aid to Ukraine. And China has hit out at G20 leaders for using the forum to amplify geopolitical disagreements instead of discussing matters of global economic cooperation. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7 365 we never stop sifting fact from fiction misinformation from the truth from government overreach to the latest on mandates big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad listen to tnt radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go ask alexa or google to play tnt radio or download the tnt radio app for free from the app store or google play today's news talk this is tnt radio and welcome back. We're with Moyed Ali. He's one of the organisers for Free Palestine uh, for their movement down in Melbourne. Uh, Moyed, mate, something that I think uh, uh, they could learn a lot from anybody saying, well, this indiscriminate bombing, it's war and accidents happen, things happen. Well, all they have to do, and it's happening right now, they can have a look at uh, the Russians over in the Ukraine. There have been, considering the amount of overall death Many of them have been in the military. Almost all of them have been in the military. Very, very few civilian casualties, very few hospitals, you know, any of schools. You know, it doesn't happen. Vladimir Putin has gone to great lengths to not do that, proving it's it's quite easy if you're committed to not uh, involving civilians. And I think uh, Netanyahu could learn a lot from that particular man at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, on the other hand, like, um, the, the the Western um, media and the Western power are trying to do to trying to normalize what Israel doing uh, all the time. Uh, they give the impunity to Israel to go ahead with everything they want. And if you compare the uh, statements of the Foreign Affairs Minister of um, uh, the United States on. Uh, Ukraine and on Palestine, on, on Israel, it's different because when uh, uh, Russia cut the food and and uh, and uh, aid for, to, to 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 Ukraine, they actually it, it consider it as a war crime. But when Israel do that, it's okay. This 
hypocrisy always there and always existed against the Palestinian. The question is now how the um, uh, United States and the Israeli allies will face uh, any consequences that come from the International Court of Justice against Israel. If Israel charged with a genocide, what actually the uh, United States, go, go, United States of America, going to tell the world? What actually Australia going to tell uh, the world? Because our silence is a complicit with this genocide. Uh, we saw, and you know. Uh, all those images of children, of hospitals, of, of schools being demolished and children being killed. And we, as Australian uh, people and Australian government, we've been silent about that. However, we go in thousands in the uh, dom uh, demonstrating and rally in every single state, but still the Australian political uh, decision never changed against Israel. But actually, it's it's always, always supporting the uh, Netanyahu in every move. You know, Albanese said he stand with his friends in, in Israel, his friends, Netanyahu, the, 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 the children killer who actually um, uh, form a, a, a right-wing government that consider knocking Gaza is an option. So are we, as Australian nation, have such a friend uh, is is a pleasure for us. Is actually uh, a privilege to have Israel as as a friend, and we actually frank about it and we happy about it. I don't think so. I actually have any privilege of ha having an occupier power, uh, discriminated and and practicing apartheid and occupation for uh, seventy six years as a friend. Mate, let me tell you, I recently ran in politics. My dad was born in Scotland. I had a dual citizenship. I had to renounce that. And bear in mind, it's a, a British citizenship, and I had to renounce that to run as a politician here in Australia. Yet over in America, you have a so highly disproportionate number of dual citizen Israeli Americans who are in every corner of government who control uh, many aspects of government and the legal system. It is absolutely ridiculous. So if anybody uh, is, is hoping to get a, a fair take from the US government on this, that they will always side with Israel until they wake up and perhaps get people to maybe uh, renounce their dual citizenship or exclude them on that basis. I think that might be a, uh, a good idea. And that's probably why they had the law here in Australia to prevent things like that happening to some extent. Mate, the other thing, plenty of money going to Israel, a country that doesn't need any money. You could argue the Ukraine doesn't have any, but certainly Israel has much, much money and some of their backers are the richest people in the world. So that's something. The other thing as well is the media has been absolutely just horrific in this, uh, telling people that the crowds were were shouting, gas the Jews, gas the Jews. So the first thing I do when I hear something like that, because I've watched those protesters and they've gone out of their way to remain peaceful and, and I watch, where's the video? Where's the video? Where's the proof of that? I couldn't find it once. And eventually it comes out, they weren't saying that at all. They were asking, where are the Jews? Where are the Jews? But the media ran with that without any proof themselves. So the media, just like, you know, the last four years and all the stuff we've had to go through in the last four years, the media, complicit, complicit, complicit. Why people continue to tune into the mainstream media is beyond me. I have no idea why people don't just unplug the TV aerial and do themselves a favour. 
Absolutely. No one watching the mainstream media anymore, you know? <laughs> we, yeah, people actually like find uh, find the YouTube and, and the social media more credible than, you know, mainstream media now. Look, thank you for New South Wales police investigating this matter and and find f- found out it's actually not true. Because one thing, as an Arab, as a Pal- as a Palestinian, as a pro-Palestine supporters, we have very strong culture in our rallies. Not now, since long time. We like the, the pro-Palestine activism been been very long time there, and we don't have in our culture such chants and such thing that actually horrible. No one of us accept such thing to be directed to the to the Jewish people because simply every time we protest in Melbourne, in Sydney, in, in Queensland, in every state in Australia and in America, we have Jewish people next to us. Every time I go to the rally, I stand with my Jewish friend who actually pro-Palestine and they've been working really, really hard with us in our movement. How come I can actually say such thing? And I believe many, many Jewish protesting in every single protest with the Palestinian in the New South Wales and in that particular one in, in, in Opera House. So there is no way we can say that. No Palestinian will accept to say that. This is absolutely not true. And, you know, the police investigation actually confirmed it. it's not actually true. Yeah, but I couldn't agree more. It's certainly, it, it's not a race thing, but it, it is certainly a Zionist thing. I've got some very good friends who, who are Jewish, and one of them does a national talkback radio, and I was actually having a listen to him not that long ago, and somebody rang in and on this particular conflict. He could not have been any fairer, absolutely couldn't have been any fairer, didn't take any sides, and very much like me, just said, the outcome I want is for no more people to die. I think that's a pretty Absolutely. good bloody outcome. It really is, mate. And, and we might get some outcomes like that. And certainly with uh, people, t- tremendous people like you, Moyed, Ali, who are out there advocating for peace. And for, that's all we want. We just want peace. We just want everybody to get along. And wouldn't that be a brilliant bloody world? Mate, we, we live in hope. And, mate, thank you for doing what, what you're doing and keep doing it for as long as you need to. Thank you. Thank you, Dean, for having me. Thank you. An absolute pleasure. Uh, and uh, before you go, mate, is there a website uh, people can get onto if they want to uh, uh, follow what you're doing? Yeah, uh, they can visit the Free Palestine Melbourne and they can visit also APAN uh, website and they actually can uh, browse all the actions that uh, supporting the supporting the Palestinian people in Australia, not just in Melbourne. And it's already there in our website, especially in APAN website. Thank you, Moyet. You're a terrific fella. Mate, I love what you do. Everybody, you, that's... Dean. Moyed Ali. Coming up after the break, we're going to be talking to Jeremy Beck, who I would suggest will agree with much of what uh, Moyed and myself just spoke of. We'll find out right after this. JDRF's vision is to create a world without type 1 diabetes. The type 1 diabetes community is at the heart of everything JDRF does. We were founded by the type 1 diabetes community. In the main, we are governed by the type 1 diabetes community, we're energised by the type 1 community, and we're accountable to the type 1 diabetes community. It's on their behalf that we exist, and it's on their behalf that we must succeed. JDRF exists to rid the world of type 1 diabetes. It's easy to say, but it's hard to do. So for us, that means rallying all the resources and all the people and all the organisations required to make that a reality as quickly as possible. The world's best researchers, exciting innovative companies and the passion of the type 1 diabetes community then delivered through the health system so lives get better every day, day after day, until the day we find a cure. 
to everybody in the type 1 diabetes community, no matter your age or stage with the disease, whether you were diagnosed recently or a long time ago, we need you to know that we are here working on your behalf to deliver a world without type 1 diabetes as quickly as we can. Thank you to everybody who's supported JDRF in so many ways. You are making our vision of a world without type 1 diabetes possible. The impact of a meal goes well beyond feeding our bodies. Because when people are fed, futures are nourished. Everyone deserves to live a full life. And with your help, together we can end hunger. Join the movement at feedingamerica.org slash act now. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Indeed it is, and welcome back. And for those of you, and I know it's very divisive, I know it's one of the very few topics that we just discussed that can divide you, where you're like, Dean's wrong or Dean's spot on, whatever. I will say this to you, and I'll say it very, very clearly. Um, you know, most of the things that us conservatives are irked about, whether it's mass immigration, whether it's what we experienced over the last four years, whether it's climate change, you go and follow that back to who's making some money, who was one of the first groups. And I'm telling you, Israel will come up almost every time. And so if you're there advocating Israel, 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 you may be advocating against yourself. And don't take my word for it, do the research. And again, I was biting my tongue for a while. I thought, no, why did I get into this? Uh, why did I get into radio? You know, so we could tell the truth, we could find out. And if you don't know the root cause of some of your problems and the American government, Israel, working together, people in there all the time, US, Israel, most of the problems in the world, you know, just go and find them, you know, dual citizenship Israelis over in the US and some very horrible US based citizens as well. Like they're behind most of it, simple as that. And I'll be quite happy to say that outright. Now, TNT is an independent global news talk station that does what the others say they do. Uh, TNT is a live radio and TV broadcaster that simply tells the truth. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No one in the world does what we do. We're crisscrossing the globe. We're providing credible news and opinion all day and all night. And in the two and a half years TNT has been around, we've become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff. It's a critical time and we must continue to call out the misinformation and the propaganda from the mainstream media and their powerful sponsors. So we are now, if you could, appealing to you, our many friends out there and supporters around the world, to go to the tntradio.live website. And if you can make a small donation to TNT while we seek the right investors to continue our important work here, we would absolutely appreciate that. And also, if you could get more people to tune in, because we need to spread the word. We need to get people who are sitting on the fence onto the right side. And I do mean right side of the fence. Uh, speaking of which, a guy who, who lives on the right side of the fence, he's always right. I've yet to disagree with anything I think he's ever said. That is uh, one of our producers here, uh, producer to the stars, Chris Smith, one of my producers as, uh, well, my only producer, I should say, uh, Jeremy Beck. He uh, is an independent political and media consultant. He's had decades of experience in studying and running about globalisation. He's covered many related subjects, including COVID-19, uh, climate change alarmism and the World Economic Forum. He's got a degree with honours in mechanical engineering and computing, and I like to call him my mate. Jeremy Beck, how are you going? Yeah, good, Dean. Great to be with you again. Mate, lots to talk about. Isn't it funny, when, when we were uh, discussing what we were going to chat about, you and I had read the same stories and had the same opinions on them. Where do you want to start? I, I think uh, Julie Sladden might be a terrific place to start, Liberal Party. 
Yeah, I think so. And just before we do, um, Moyad Ali's, um, and I heard most of uh, that previous show, uh, that was great, great. I, I actually do agree with pretty much everything you said. Uh, so we'll get to international issues after then. But, yeah, Julie Sladden, uh, this is a fantastic story. <laughs> uh, now, you've had uh, Julie on your show before, I understand, yep. and she's been on TNT a few times. But uh, Dr Julie Sladden uh, is a Liberal Party candidate and the Australian Medical Association has described her pre-selection as a candidate as untenable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wow. Now, now the interesting thing is Tasmanian Premier Jeremy Rockliffe, he stands by Julie Sladden. Um, now, uh, Julie once described Tasmania as an autocracy, and that was at a time when Jeremy Rockliffe was Premier. So, you know, uh, quite amazing that he is standing by her amid this criticism. Uh, now, Dr. Sladden uh, will continue to run in a northern electorate of Bass uh, as a candidate. And the Liberals are targeting four of the seven seats in the state of Tasmania. Now, she's a general practitioner and emergency medicine doctor, and she's been registered since 1997, but she closed her practice in 2021 after refusing to take these experimental COVID injections. Uh, now, uh, she's also uh, been a consultant to Russell Broadbent, the federal member of parliament for the electorate of Monash. Uh, so that's very interesting because uh, uh, Russell Broadbent has been on TNT quite a few times as well, uh, talking a lot of home truths about the whole hellhole of uh, what we've gone through in the last four years. Uh, so they, they have a lot in common and on their social media as well. Uh, but the AMA Tasmanian Vice President, Dr. Annette Barrett said it is untenable for any government trying to urge Tasmanians to follow the best clinical advice and vaccinate to have one of its own undermining that message. Uh, and she claimed that COVID vaccines have saved lives and continue to do so. Uh, she says uh, the gut wing Rockcliffe government was rightly commended for how they handled the COVID-19 crisis, which included mandating COVID vaccinations for many staff working with vulnerable people in hospitals, general practices, schools, aged care facilities and disability homes. So uh, the AMA uh, are sticking to the line, uh, despite all the, the obvious failures, they just simply have no idea, or maybe they do, and they just are just straight out lying, Dean. Well, mate, they need to give it up because they're just making themselves look really bad at this point, because now even the lamestream media is coming on board that story in the Daily Telegraph today, COVID jabs linked to heart and brain disorders. And all the usual suspects, all the ones that told you to go and get jabbed on Sky News and 2GB, they're all telling you about this particular link and uh, as if they're somehow taking credit for giving you a heads up after you got hit by the train. You know, uh, absolutely phenomenal. But here's the AMA doubling down every bit as bad as anyone in the media, uh, mainstream media that advocated for that. Mate, again, we've got people like Julie Sladden and uh, Russell Broadbent, who are people who advocated for things before they happened, and they just happened to be correct about pretty much all of it. Why would you not demand that you get people like that in there? They're the type of people you want as politicians, not puppets that'll just go with Big Pharma or the, you know, the, whatever the narrative happens to be at the time, or go to water 
and and become fearful because as you and I spoke earlier, we know some very, very intelligent people who got it wrong, who normally don't get it wrong. And I said the only uh, way that could have happened if they're so overwhelmed with fear that they lost their ability to think straight. And uh, But I don't want people like that advocating uh, for the future. I don't want people like that in politics. Exactly right, Dean. And some of those people who really got overcome by fear and the fear is still there and they have just completely mentally shut down. And of course, they took the experimental jabs themselves. They don't want to know that uh, anything bad about them because they then they'd have to admit that their own health is potentially yep. compromised. Uh, so they've just mentally shut down. Now, regardless of whether uh, they're lying or whether they just just a complete uh, an emotional fear state and think that they're telling the truth. I don't care. The fact is those people are not leadership people. that <laughs> we don't want them in any any role at all in in society and government leadership uh, making decisions which affect us all. and then they'll go hand ahead again with the next so-called pandemic uh, with more mandates because they're still, insisting that the last mandates were right. Uh, it's just nuts, Dean. Now, the other interesting thing is that this is, a, in the Liberal Party, a shift, quite an interesting shift, uh, where you have a state premier of a Liberal Party uh, not going to water and, and keeping on this controversial candidate. So I think there's a big shift there. I think they have to realise that uh, people will speak out more and more. And even in the mainstream parties, they, they're just not going to stop that. So they, they can't you know, brush them aside because we are becoming more of the mainstream. And if yep. they totally brush them aside, uh, well, then they've lost half the population. Uh, now, the danger is, of course, uh, people will you know, think, well, you know, these candidates, uh, they're telling the truth. They may be in the mainstream party, but we'll vote for them anyway because they're telling the truth. But Where's that going to go uh, once they get into politics? Are they going to be able to withstand the pressure that's yes. on them to toe that line? To to uh, you know, it, it, people can mean well and go into politics, and uh, then they they're sort of surrounded by the rest of their colleagues and say, oh, "I better just hush up on that issue." And it's it's going to take a lot of strong people in a mainstream party to stay firm. And there's a few that do. Senator Jared Rennick, he's still in the Liberal Party. But then you have uh, Russell Broadbent, who was in the Liberal Party, but he quit. Personally, I think that's the better way. But either way, uh, we just need truth tellers, Dean. And Jeremy, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I'll give you an example. Now, you get these terrific people and outside of politics, they are just absolute weapons. They get in there. They're surrounded by a bunch of their peers. They are pressured. Um, and again, that pressure is relentless. It's in your face every day. And some people go, go to water. Now, I think Bronwyn Bishop was in reverse, a perfect example of that. As a politician, I couldn't stand Bronwyn Bishop. But after politics, every word that came out of her mouth was absolute gold because she didn't have to succumb to a party narrative. And I'm like, why didn't you advocate for all those things while you were in the bloody party? Because that's what got you there in the first place. But mate, again, um, these people who we know, uh, Russell and Julie, we know that they absolutely will stand up no matter what. They've already proven that. So that, again, is exactly why we need people who have already been proved and tested. Exactly right. Uh, now, I do have another story, Dean, uh, and completely different subjects. Iran's oil minister, Javed Alji, says the explosions at two Iranian gas pipelines last week were an Israeli plot. 
Uh, so uh, continuing on that international theme that you discussed uh, just before about the role of Israel in world affairs, uh, and I, I must say I, I agree 100% of what you said before about Israel. Now, uh, this uh, Iran's oil minister, he said the enemy intended to disturb gas service in the provinces that put people's gas distribution at risk. Now, the twin blasts occurred in the country's central Chahamahal and Bakhtiari province and the southern Fars province. Uh, now, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu told reporters last month that Israel was attacking the Islamic Republic as well as its proxies, but Israeli officials have declined to comment on this latest allegation as they normally don't uh, comment on these sorts of matters. But... Uh, yeah, you know, knowing Israel's history, uh, I I think uh, I see that it is quite likely that they did attack this uh, gas pipeline. It seems very credible, this allegation that uh, Iran's oil minister is making, Dean. I, I think you might be right. You know, we talk about the CIA and just how bad they are. Make the Mossad make them look like Mary Poppins Crochet Club. I mean, they go around the world. Uh, well, they're every bit as bad. I don't know how much worse they are, but they're certainly every bit as bad. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if they have their fingerprints um, all over that. And Vladimir Putin told you how to figure out who did something. You need a group who is going to profit by it, who will do better off by a certain event taking place. And that group, then to narrow it down, you need to see who has the ability, who has the means to do that. And again, I would have come up with only the CIA and the, and the and Mossad with that particular instance. So who knows? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. And Israel has a long history of meddling like this and attacking nations, including the United States. And, and I know we've mentioned before, but I, I think it bears mentioning again, uh, Israel's attack on the USS Liberty. Now, this occurred back in 1967. It left 34 dead and 173 wounded. So not insignificant attack on a United States ship. Uh, now, according to the official story, it was an accident and the Israelis, uh, they, they thought it was an Egyptian ship. Um, but really, that doesn't wash at all. Uh, and had a nice fact, big uh, American flag flying on top of it. I remember that. I know. Uh, and, and I know even uh, our former prime minister, Malcolm Fraser, he said the Americans tried to cover it up. It wasn't a mistake. It was deliberate. Now, I remember Malcolm Fraser saying that on ABC Radio on the John Fain show. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it really made waves at the time, I tell you. <laughs> uh, but testimony from several high-ranking naval officers proved that Fraser was right. It, it was a deliberate attack by Israel. Uh, and Israel have a history of this. Uh, now, Admiral Thomas Mora described the USS Liberty attack as one of the US history's most shocking cover-ups. And, and I think the one of the worst things about this, Dean, is that the US were part of the cover-up. Their own ship got attacked, but high-level US officials went along with Israel and just you know, brushed it over. Okay, it was an accident, even though they must have known it was not an accident. Uh, this is really quite shocking. Uh, a lot of a lot of people have no idea of uh, what we're seeing right now in Gaza and the whole Middle East and, and anyone saying, oh, I'm with Israel. You don't know what Israel is. Yeah, mate. And if it wasn't for a, a couple of very brave crewmen on the USS Liberty who fought very hard to get that communication antenna back back up and get some American backup 
that ship would have been sunk. It would have got blamed on 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 someone other than them, and America would have gone in and got involved on on the same side as Israel in that particular war at the time, mate. And again, uh, people, for those who don't believe us, you may want to Google "dancing Israelis 9/11" as well and check that out. Uh, a crew who just happened to be up on top of one of the buildings with some of the best. Uh, camera equipment all ready to go and caught the whole event and i'll guarantee we'll never see that particular footage uh i can you can bet your bottom dollar on that mate we're out of time how quickly the time goes when you're talking about treason uh jeremy beck thanks for coming on the program today really appreciate it thanks dean great to be here again mate thank you uh sonia Poulton coming up after the break and then of course abby roberts will be joining you to give you uh, a laugh and about 20 different accents she's quite good with the the accents but her aussie accent needs some work abby but keep going she's pretty good everyone thanks for hanging around we appreciate you my name's dean mack and this is tnt we'll be back tomorrow don't forget if you can get onto the tnt website and do a bit of a donation we'd really appreciate it i'll catch you tomorrow